to One Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. Well, good morning, One Church family. It is so good to speak to you today. And in my heart, I am seeing you gathered in your house church today, hopefully surrounded by uh, some friends and in fellowship, enjoying fellowship. Uh, I know even as I'm watching this, I'm joined with my house church this morning. So I'm here speaking, but I'm also there receiving today. But I hope you're having an awesome day. Hope that your hearts are filled with faith and expectation uh, for what God has for us today. And uh, I know that this morning we're gathered in house church, but if you're watching this live, I want to invite you to join us tonight for our permit party. Sunday evening, six o'clock, we are joining for our permit party. We are celebrating the incredible progress uh, that God has given to us as we have received permits. And so uh, we, um, we press through the natural process, all of the forms, all of the reviews, all of the things that had to happen. But we are celebrating that God has given us the victory, that we have got permits and construction is underway. And so uh, I'd encourage you um, to uh, join us tonight. We're going to celebrate. And also, uh, if you drive by the open house, you're going to see some transformation is happening. And that is awesome. And we are looking forward to seeing the fulfillment of everything that God has for us. Um, And so I just want to say thank you for your continued faith. Thank you for your continued faithfulness uh, standing together in this season. So we're going to join together tonight and just celebrate that incredible progress. Well, if you have your Bible today, why don't you grab it and turn with me to the book of Joshua chapter 8. Joshua chapter 8. And I encourage you always to have your Bible. Uh, I think it's just a good practice. I know... um, Of course, it's good to have a a phone, good to read in that way, but I love to look at the Bible. Uh, In fact, I just recently heard um, someone who is an expert on learning talking about the importance of the physicality of even the layout of the page. So um, I love to have it. I love to look at it. But if you don't have it, we'll put it on the screen and you can read along. But Joshua chapter 8, and I want to continue... Uh, the message that I shared with you last Sunday and uh, on overcoming defeat. And, you know, if you are joining with us in house church on a regular basis, our kind of our rhythm is uh, in our gatherings, we share a teaching. Uh, and then in house church and online, we want to share kind of the practical application. So that this may be a little review, but hopefully an application as well. But Joshua chapter 8, verse 1, it says this, Now the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. Take all the people of war with you and arise. Go up to Ai. See, I have given into your hand the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. And I want to remind you, as I spoke of last week, on the topic of overcoming defeat. Overcoming defeat. I hope you've had a chance to read this whole chapter Uh, over the last week, I'd encourage you to go back and read it, go back and meditate on it, Uh, go back and just kind of sit in that scripture for a little bit. Um, But that verse is really the introduction to chapter 8, and that is God giving Israel the victory in the place that they had suffered a defeat. Uh, In chapter 7, we saw that 
Israel went to war against AI and they got defeated. They got uh, got their butts handed to them, if I can say it that way. Uh, they were defeated. Uh, the, the, the progress was delayed. They were discouraged. Um, it, it just felt like a, a major defeat, a major meltdown. And Joshua even said to God, God, why did you bring us across the Jordan if you're just going to let us get beat? And I shared with you last Sunday that that is just a reminder for every single one of us that the life of faith uh, has its ups and downs. Um, in, in fact, life in general has its ups and downs. Uh, but for those of us that are living by faith, the ultimate direction of our life is an upward direction. Uh, for those who, that don't live by faith, uh, for those that don't know the hope of the gospel, the good news of the gospel, the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, even though there may be ups and downs, the ultimate direction is it's a downward direction. I mean, there is no hope. If you don't have Jesus, regardless of how good life is, uh, ultimately, um, this life is as good as it gets. But for those of us who have put our faith in Jesus, um, regardless of how difficult this life may be, we can always live with the assurance that the best is yet to come. That's not just kind of a little Christianese slogan. It's true that we have the hope that this life is really a precursor to the, the greatest joy, the greatest victory, the best life to come, in the, in the life to come, eternal life, as Jesus said. Um, and, and so there is, in the life of faith, there are ups and downs. We will face challenges. We will face difficulties. Joshua was a man of God, called by God, had the wonderful promise that God had promised to Israel he was going to give them a land, yet he had a defeat. <laughs> he had a defeat. And that should be an encouragement to every single one of us, that if you face defeat, that defeat does not have to determine your destiny. Defeat does not have to determine your destiny. Um, I shared with you last Sunday the story of some people that we would say in the natural were successful. And we would say, you know, they were uh, perhaps a temporal success uh, if they were not an eternal success, but they were successful. We talked about you too and that they were denied by a record label. We talked about Andy Warhol, uh, the famous artist that was turned down. <laughs> the the uh, Museum of Modern Art in New York wouldn't even accept the gift of his art. And so every person that accomplishes anything in life, whether it's temporal or eternal, has to face defeat. But defeat does not determine our destiny. How we handle defeat is what determines our destiny. Ultimately, the greatest example of that is our Lord Jesus. Uh, he faced what would seem to be the ultimate defeat of the, the loss of his life, but that place of, of defeat actually was the proving grounds for his destiny. It was the gateway of entering into his destiny. And so if we could say that for every single one of us, uh, if you want to obtain the destiny that God has for you, we're going to have to learn to handle defeat. We're going to have to, like Joshua, we're going to have to get through defeat in order to get into our destiny. And so I shared with you um, five things out of this passage of Scripture. And I'll just give these as a point of review. And then I want to get to some application questions for you to discuss today. But five things that God 
shared with Joshua that I believe apply to every single one of us. Number one is this, that if we want to move into our destiny, we've got to stop looking to the past. Uh, Joshua chapter 8 verse 1 opens by saying this, Now the Lord said to Joshua, Now. And uh, I shared with you that um, what God was saying is, I'm speaking to you now. Uh, we, we can't just perpetually live in the past. So number one, we've got to stop looking to the past. Number two, we've got to stand up to fear. God said to Joshua, do not be afraid, do not be dismayed. Uh, there was a reason that Joshua could be afraid. He had been defeated. Uh, he had, uh, the, the army of Ai had defeated him. He had suffered a loss. There was a reason that he could be afraid. But God said, do not be afraid, do not be dismayed. So you've got to stand up to fear. Number three, you've got to surround yourself with people of faith. God said to Joshua, take all the people of war with you. Gather the people of war. And for us, we've got to surround ourselves with people that will stand with us to fight the fight of faith. Um, although our faith is personal, it is not private. It's got to be lived out in the context of community. There are so many verses in the Bible, in, in the New Testament in particular, that talk about one another. Um, in fact, most of Scripture was written in the context of community or to a community. That's why uh, it's so important for us to gather together with other people. So we've got to surround ourselves with people of faith. The fourth thing I want you to see is that we've got to shift our vision. Shift our vision. God said it to Joshua this way. See, I have given you the city. I've given you Ai, the, the king, his people, his city, and his land. So if we want to get through defeat and into our destiny, we've got to shift our vision, not just seeing things in the natural. We've got to see what God has said. And then the last thing God said to Joshua in verse 18, stretch out the spear that is in your hand. Um, and it was actually as Joshua stretched the spear that God fought for Israel and gave the victory to Israel. Now, we understand as New Testament believers, we don't fight but the, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We don't have weapons, physical weapons, that we win the ultimate victory with. The weapons of our warfare are, are spiritual weapons, and the, the war is waged in the Spirit primarily in prayer. So I said that as Joshua had to extend his spear, so you and I have to extend our faith, and we have to fight in faith through prayer. Uh, or in prayer through faith to obtain what God has for us. So uh, those are the five things that I wanted to share with you, or I shared with you last week, and I just bring that to you by way of reminder. Uh, but here's what I want to share with you today, some questions that I want you to, I want to encourage you to discuss these questions that I believe will help us to apply the truth of God's Word. Um, you know, so many times we hear things and we are, like James says, a man that looks at himself in the mirror and uh, is a hearer of the word but is not a doer. A man that looks at himself in the mirror and goes away and does nothing about it. In other words, what, what uh, the Bible is saying is hearing the word of God has no effect on your life if you don't apply it. If you don't receive it by faith and then activate it through obedience. And so I want you to just kind of dig down a little bit more into that topic of overcoming defeat so that you can move into your destiny. I, I want to speak to you today, just like God said to Joshua, Joshua, although you've been defeated, that defeat does not determine your destiny.
The promise is still in effect. My purpose is still in effect. My plan is still in effect. That milk and honey is still flowing. <laughs> and I want to say that to you today. Maybe you've suffered defeat. Maybe you've had a delay. Maybe you've suffered discouragement. Maybe there's been things in your life that, that have died, so to speak. Maybe some relationships that have died and it's caused you to feel defeated and discouraged. Maybe it's some dreams that feel like they're dead and, and today you feel defeated, you feel discouraged. Maybe it was the timeline of what you felt God had for your life and there was some unexpected circumstances and you feel like that dream has died. You feel like the timeline has been delayed and now you're looking at the circumstances of your life and you feel like, God, I'm not sure that your purpose is still good. I want to tell you today the purpose is still in effect. The plan is still in effect. The promise is still in effect. Just like God said to Joshua, Joshua, you've been, you've been defeated, but the, the good thing is still in effect. God's plan and purpose for your life is still good. Even in the difficulties of life, his plan is still good. So I want to give you some questions today to hopefully provoke you in your faith in order to move into everything that God has for you. So here's the questions I want to ask you today. You can write these down, meditate on them, maybe some discussion with your group. Question number one is this, what is your AI? What is your AI? Or I could say it this way, where have you been defeated? Where have you been defeated? Now, I, I did say, and I believe God says to us, we've got to stop looking to the past. But sometimes in order to get over the past, get through the past, we've got to recognize what it is that we've got to get through. Um, for Joshua, the defeat that he felt, the defeat that he experienced happened at Ai. That's where he was defeated. And so he had to recognize that in order to move into the purpose of God, he had to get victory in the place that he had defeat. And I love that the Bible says that the gospel is the manifold wisdom of God. Many-sided, many applications. And that means this, that whatever problem you're facing, whatever difficulty you have, whatever place you've been defeated, there is good news that God wants to bring into that place of defeat. So maybe for you, it's in a relationship that you felt defeated in that relationship. Maybe for you, it's in your health and you are dealing with a sickness or perhaps a, a chronic issue in your body and it can make you feel defeated and you can feel like, God, I'm not moving into what you have for me and I just feel I want to give up. Maybe for you, it's financially. Maybe things have not... Uh, you've not experienced what you thought you would experience. Maybe you feel like you look at other people and you're thinking, they're ahead of me. They've got more than me. They're doing better than me. Uh, God, I thought you were good. What's the area where you feel defeated? What's the area that you need to experience the goodness of God in your life? What's your AI? Because in order to get victory, you've got to recognize where you've been defeated. And so I want to encourage you to take time to evaluate your own life, to, to look in your heart and to recognize what's the places where you have experienced defeat that perhaps now as a result, you've allowed that defeat to make you live defeated. I know for me as a kid, I uh, often felt self-conscious. I was not the, this may come as a shock to you, I was not uh, the cool kid. I know, shocking. Uh, I was not um, 
the influencer. I was the younger brother. I had a, a brother 16 months older than me. He was the cool kid. He sat at the cool kid lunch table. I sat at the not cool kid lunch table. <laughs> and I became self-conscious. I felt defeated. I felt uh, I'm inadequate. And, and what I've recognized is that in order to move into the destiny that God has for me, I had to recognize there were some things in my past that I had allow, uh, allowed the circumstances to determine my experience. Those were the places that I felt defeated. Those were the places that I had allowed um, that defeat to cause me to feel out of a, fail, a, a moment of failure, perhaps to feel like a failure. So what's your AI? Where have you been defeated? The second question I want to ask you is, what is the truth that supersedes the facts? What is the truth that supersedes the facts? Now, what I mean by that is, for every one of us, there is facts that we can observe about the circumstances of our life. For Joshua, the fact was he got defeated at Ai. The fact was he had lost the battle. The fact was there was 36 men dead because of his failure and the failure of others in Israel. So that was the fact. He, he had been delayed. He had, he had lost the battle. That was the fact. But the truth was that God had given him the city. The truth was that God had promised that land to him. So the facts is what he observed in the natural. It was what came through observation. The truth is what came through revelation. For every single one of us, there, there are facts that we can observe about our lives. Um, where you live, perhaps that feels like a fact that is not in line with what you have been believing God for. Perhaps um, the, 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 the relational status that you have is not is not what you were believing God for, but it's just the facts. Perhaps it's your health. There's facts. There's a diagnosis that is factual. And God did not deny the facts of Joshua's situation. He did not deny it. Joshua had been defeated. He didn't deny it. He superseded it. Now, the world says this. You find your facts and you make that your truth. So here's what the world says. Whatever has happened to you in the past, now you live out of that as your truth. That's, that's what the world says. That becomes your truth. Now, I don't know about you. I don't, know what, I don't want to live out of my truth. I want to live out of a greater truth. My truth or my experience based on my facts were sometimes I felt rejected. Sometimes I felt inadequate. Sometimes I felt self-conscious. Sometimes I felt like I couldn't do what I wanted to do. I felt rejected. But the truth was, I was loved. And every single one of us, if we want to move into the purpose of God, we've got to recognize the truth that supersedes the facts. Now, what I'm talking about is not just happy, clappy positivity. What I'm actually talking about is recognizing a greater reality than what you see with your eyes. Let me give you an example. For most of human history, humans were not able to fly. Um, 
humans looked at birds flying in the air and there was always this desire to be able to fly, but for most of human history, thousands of years, humans were not able to fly. It's actually a relatively recent development in human history that humans have experienced flight. Humans, for most of human history, were not able to fly. That was the fact. So they would look at the birds, but the fact was they couldn't fly, according to what their experience had been. But in the late 18th century, the discoveries uh, of the forces that became the foundation of aerodynamics uh, were revealed. They were recognized. Those, those were the forces of lift, drag, weight, and thrust. Now, I'm not a rocket scientist, <laughs> but every one of us knows now we see airplanes flying in the air. Uh, here in Florida, we get to see rockets shooting off from Cape Canaveral. We know now people can fly. Now, the, here's the reality. People always could fly. Those forces of lift and drag and weight and thrust, those um, scientific forces that God had put into nature had always been there. The, the truth was, it was always possible. It had just, it was yet to be revealed. It was yet to be experienced. It wasn't until someone discovered it based on the belief that even though someone had not yet flown, they could fly. And as they believed that, they, they discovered the truth of those forces that actually released that into their experience. So the facts were people could not, had not yet flown. Therefore, the reality that people lived out of is because no one has ever flown, therefore humans can't fly. The truth was that there was forces that God had put into creation. There was a greater truth than what they could observe with their eyes through observation. There was something that would come through revelation that would supersede the reality of what they had experienced up until that point. Now, I give that to you as an example to tell you that we are living by faith and not by sight. That doesn't mean that what we see with our eyes does not matter. That simply means that what we see with our eyes should not determine our expectation of the destiny that God has for our lives. The facts are what's in your bank account. The truth is God is your source. The facts are what you see perhaps in the behavior of your children. The truth is that your, your seed is blessed. The facts are um, perhaps your career has not gone in the way that you have expected it to, like Marjorie shared with us last Sunday, that her job was cut. The truth is that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Perhaps the facts are that you were abandoned and hurt as a child. Perhaps the facts are that, that you've been rejected by people and you can live your life out of those facts or you can live your life out of a greater truth that you are loved by God, you are chosen by God, that even the pain, the suffering, the sorrow that you have experienced in your life was put upon Jesus as the Bible says that he has borne our grief, he has carried our sorrows. You can live your life out of the facts or you can live your life out of the truth. And so here's what I want to say to you. What, are the, what is the truth that you need to identify 
in order to live your life beyond the facts that you see with your eyes. The fact for Joshua was he had been defeated. The truth was God had given him the city. God had given him the city. Now that's why it's so important that we take time to fill our hearts with the Word of God. The way that we overcome defeat is with the Word of God. We have to fill our hearts with the Word of God until we become so convinced of the truth of God's Word that we're no longer constrained by the facts of our life. Um, that's why God said to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but in it you shall meditate day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, then you will have good success. Some of us never get the revelation of truth because we never take the time to sit in the Word until the truth becomes revealed to us. In order for the truth of lift and, and um, drag and weight and thrust, the forces that make it possible for people to fly, in order for that to be revealed, there was some people that had to do some study, some research. They had to sit in that until the truth became revealed. And the same is true with the Word of God. We've got to sit in the Word of God. Sometimes we sit in the facts of life. We are pondering perpetually the facts of life rather than living in the truth. I'm sorry, I was not intending to preach. I was intending to give you questions. But the question again is, what's the truth that supersedes the facts? The third thing I want to ask you today, and I'd encourage you to write that down. Take some time to think about it. This week, um, or maybe even in your time right now, you need to spend some time identifying what the Word of God says about your situation so that you can begin to meditate on that until it brings transformation in your life. That information turns into meditation, becomes revelation to bring the transformation into your life. So number three, third question that I have for you today is this. Who are your people of war? If you need people of war, or you've got to surround yourself with people of faith, who are your people of war? Who are the people that God has put into your life that you have invested into the relationship enough that when you are in a fight, there are people that stand with you. Who are your people of war? Now, here's what I want you to understand is that those people of war are people of faith that you may have nothing in common with other than your faith. Oftentimes, we form relationship only around affinity people who like what I like, people who have the same stage of life that I live in. So I'm a bald guy, so I want to hang out with bald people. <laughs> I want to hang out with bearded guys because I've got a beard. I'm using hopefully humorous illustrations. But my point is all of us have a tendency to just want to hang out with the people that are easiest to hang out with, and that is the people that are like us. But if we want to live in victory and enter into the purpose of God, we've got to recognize that our community is greater than our affinity. And that means this, our community should be built around the community of faith. That means if we have nothing in common in the natural, if we have faith in common, it's enough for us to form a, a powerful bond of friendship, a powerful bond of relationship in order to take hold of the purpose of God.
And so who are your people of war? That's why I believe house church is so important. And I know it takes time to build relationships. I don't expect that you show up on the first day of house church and spill your guts and suddenly there's this lasting bond of friendship. But here's what happens. You invest in those relationships over time. And through time, as you walk through a test, those tests become a testimony. And through that testimony, those relationships become a treasure in your life. That, that relationship will become a treasure when you walk through some challenges and difficulties and those people around you stand together and they fought the fight of faith. They've been through the battle with you. Um, Navy SEALs often talk about the difficulty transitioning out of or maybe military life as a whole because there is a bond that has been formed through the battle that other aspects of life they don't discover. I think the same is true in our spiritual life. When you have stood in the face of difficulty with people, if you've stood in the face of a problem, there is a bond that happens. And so here's the question. Are you investing into the relationships of the people of faith so that you have people around you to stand in the evil day? Who are those people? You should be able to name those people. They should actually have names. They should have, again, you don't have to, say that right now, but that should be names of people that you can say, these are the people that, that I'm investing into a relationship with because they're my people of war. They're, they're the people that I call on. So number three, who is your people? And number four, how's your cutting edge? What I mean by that is for Joshua, he was stretching out the spear, which is a picture for us of extending our faith. So the question is, or, or extending our faith in prayer. So the question I want to ask you is, have your prayers grown dull? How's the cutting edge of your faith in your prayer life? Is it, is it sharp? Is it fervent and effectual, as the book of James says? Or have you lost your cutting edge? Have your prayers grown dull? And if they have grown dull, then I, I want to encourage you, stir yourself back into the place of faith so there, there is a cutting edge in faith in order to take hold of everything that God has for you. And so those are some questions. How is, uh, what is your AI? What's the place where you felt defeated? Number two, what's the truth that supersedes the facts of your life? Number three, who are your people of war? Who's the community that God's put around you? And then number, uh, number four, I may have got my numbers wrong. Number four, how's your cutting edge? How's your cutting edge? Uh, are you still in a place of faith? Are you still in a place of expectation? So I want to encourage you today to take some time to discuss those things. Perhaps even in your house church group, you need to maybe be vulnerable. Maybe you need to share. Uh, I, I, I'm dealing with an area of defeat. I feel defeated. I feel discouraged. Here's the battle that I'm facing, and I need you to pray for me. Or maybe you need to speak the truth of God's word over one another today that you need to say over one another. I know you feel discouraged, but let me just remind you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You've got to speak the truth over the facts in our life, in, in one another's life, so that you can move together into the purposes of God. Let me pray for you as we wrap up today. Father, I thank you for every person. Lord, I thank you that eye has not seen, ear has not heard the things that you have in store for us, but it's been revealed by the Holy Spirit. And so, Father, I pray today, even as we talk about these practical questions, and Lord, maybe 
things that feel a little bit mechanical or a little bit not inspirational, but Lord, I pray, let there be the touch of the Holy Spirit upon our conversation. Father, I pray that there would be a release of faith into people's hearts. Lord, those who have felt discouraged, those who have felt defeated, those who feel delayed today, those who, who, who feel, uh, God, that you've abandoned them. Father, I just speak today by faith. The promise is still in effect. The goodness is still in effect over our families, over our friends, over, um, Lord, our, our health, over our finances, God, over our relationships, over our souls. Father, I thank you, God, that you are good and what you do is good. And Lord, you got great things ahead for us. So Lord, I pray, release that faith into our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, church, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for tuning in, listening in. I hope you have some discussion, some meditation. Continue to sit in the Word of God. Tonight, we're going to party at our permit party, 6 o'clock, Mead Gardens. I hope to see you there.